Okay, um, if you have your sheet there, at the start of it, now this isn't to discuss or to answer out just in your own mind, um, how, if at all, do the following scenarios relate to the sin of judgmentalism? Okay, so just some different scenarios. The initial thing that comes to your mind, just something for you to think about. So someone wears a Guns N' Roses t-shirt to church and is not made to feel welcome. I've not checked everyone's shirts this morning, but uh, see. Uh, you refuse to affirm your friend in his or her same-sex relationship. Is that guilty of judgmentalism? Uh, you won't drink beer, but you are okay if others do. Uh, a few more. Someone is put under church discipline for unrepentant sin. Is that judgmentalism? Maybe you think you're more spiritual because you don't do X, Y, or Z, and other people do these things. A couple more. Uh, you challenge a Christian friend about immoral entertainment choices. Are you being judgmental? And then finally, a rigid contract is put in place for a sex offender who is attending the church. Uh, is that being judgmental? Just supposed to get the cogs turning. Uh, and to realize the uh, topic is, is broad and there are things that fit into it and maybe things that don't. So to start, I want us to start with discussion. If you want to open to Matthew 7, uh, I'll not read it, but you, I want you to read it uh, in your tables. And just two questions. Uh, the first is, what are some wrong reasons that people are accused of being judgmental. So the accusation of judgmentalism is, is thrown, uh, but it's not legitimate. Can you think of some examples? And then Matthew 7, 1 to 6, it's the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and he speaks about judging. Um, so read verses 1 to 6, and then the question is, how does verse 6 help us understand what Jesus is or isn't saying in verses 1 to 5. Okay, so five minutes at your tables, uh, these two questions, and then we'll come back uh, together. Okay, hopefully uh, helpful to uh, get us going this morning. Um, it's interesting that in, in Matthew 7, uh, right after he says, don't judge, he says, is that a dog in front of you? How do you know? You're, you're making a judgment, aren't you? Um, so now we'll, we'll unpack not necessarily that particular text, but just the topic of judgmentalism. And I think as, as we think about Matthew 7 there, it's helpful to think what judgmentalism is not. So you have it there on your sheet and just a, a couple things. And I was looking at it this morning and thought, are my double negatives actually saying something the opposite of what I mean? But anyhow, <laughs> I, um, I think it will be clear. So making judgments does not mean you're being judgmental. Maybe I should have said it that way. It does not mean judgments are not made. So it's, it's not saying you can't make a judgment about anything. Again, in, in verse 6, he, Jesus seems to imply you need to decide, is that a dog or a pig in front of you? Now, second, it does not mean that no positions or convictions are taken on issues. Right, so to take a position, having convictions disagreeing with other people is not being judgmental. And then third, 
it does not mean that we put discernment in the bin. And again, that picks up what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7. Uh, We are called to be discerning, and part of that is making judgments. Uh, So judgmentalism isn't the same thing as uh, making judgments. Um, So then, well, what is happening when we are being judgmental? If you want to flip over to Romans 14, uh, there's a a handful of passages that are helpful. I think this is a good one. Uh, We'll pick it back up later on in the session this morning. Um, This is Paul's writing, and he's dealing with um, the strong and weak believer, the ones who will eat only vegetables versus the ones who will eat anything. Uh, Verse 3, let no one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servants of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And then he he goes on. I'll not read through the whole passage. Um, But what Paul seems to be saying in Romans 14 here is the issue isn't that you're making judgments, but that you are sort of pushing God to the side and putting yourself in the position of judge. Uh, And here he's specifically saying, look, it's to his master that he stands or falls, not to you. And so part of what's happening if we have a judgmental heart is that we are positioning ourselves in God's place as judge. And we might say it this way, we're acting like we know things that only God knows. So we're, we're, we're sort of assuming to ourselves a knowledge that we don't actually have, that God alone has. And then tied with that, we, we are then making ourselves the authority. So we are holding people to our standards, uh, rather, I suppose, in addition to the Lord. You think, uh, maybe you remember, it's in uh, Mark 7, the Pharisees come to Jesus. His disciples had been, I think, picking grain on the Sabbath. Uh, and Jesus says, you, you're holding to traditions of men, but you're actually disobeying God's word as you do that. So there's this sense of, Here are our rules, and we demand other people stick to them. Uh, All the while, we are uh, disobeying God's words. So there's this sort of pushing the Lord to the side and positioning ourselves in a place we ought not to be. And that are uh, sort of some of the fundamental things that are happening when we are being judgmental. So... To unpack that a bit, the next two sections, one is, I suppose you could say, symptoms, and then when we turn to the back, those might be causes. Um, And I want to emphasize, these are signs we might be guilty. So it isn't sort of, if you see this, absolutely, you're guilty of judgmentalism. These are signs that we might be guilty. Uh, So what what things are happening uh, if we are being judgmental, potentially, Uh, and you can probably add uh, your own uh, to this list, but I think this helps get us on our way. Uh, so the first thing here is we are more concerned about the sin of others than our own sin. And that's just easier to do if, if you're anything like me. Uh, it's far easier for me to, to identify things in other people than in myself. And that might be right, a, a sign that something's going on of, of me being judgmental. Linked with that, we exaggerate the faults 
of others and minimize our own. Responsibility is somewhat uh, minimized, pushed to the side. We're blaming others uh, or, or however that might work itself out. That might be a sign that we're guilty of judgmentalism. Uh, another possible sign, we are inordinately focused on secondary issues. So, so secondary issues are important, so, so don't mishear me. And there's no problem at all debating them, sort of disagreeing with people on them. But if, if there is an inordinate focus, that that's sort of your first place to go. Oh, here's this sort of contentious secondary issue. It's interesting, in, in 1 Timothy 6, it's not on your sheet, but Paul speaks about... Uh, those who are, um, they just enjoy conflict. Uh, I'll read it for us. This is 1 Timothy 6, 3 to 5. Paul says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up, we'll see pride in a number of these, with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and quarrels. So this isn't, oh, this person always likes to talk theology, and uh, it's, it's not that. It's that there's this um, sort of enjoyment of, of disagreeing on things that are important, but not the fundamentals of the faith. Some of the outflow of that, the next one, we demand others conform to our preferences. Right, there, there's a lot of personal convictions and preferences that are a part of the Christian life. Um, and personal conscience issues. And if we bind others to ours, uh, that might be a sign uh, that we are guilty of being judgmental. And then a final sign here, which uh, personally I think is quite important. We aren't asking... Um, I want to make sure I have... Uh, yeah. Um, we aren't asking questions of or engaging with those with whom we disagree now, sometimes that isn't possible. You aren't able to, to maybe access the person that, that you want to do that. But, but if there's a hesitancy to say, I, I don't want to hear what they have to say. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. And that might be a sign that you're guilty of being judgmental. Linked with that, it could be that you entertain gossip of what others are saying about the person rather than speaking to the person. Okay, so those are, if we see ourselves doing these things, those might be signs uh, that we are guilty of judgmentalism. Now, why might we be doing these things? If, if those are potential symptoms, oh, and two, I, I wanted to say, feel free at any point if you have questions or something is unclear, I'm happy for you to interrupt and do that. But if, if, if we see some of those things, you might think, well, well, why am I doing that? Because there might be a legitimate reason uh, that we are doing that. Um, but if, if the sort of root of that is a judgmental heart, here are some reasons that, uh, um, of the causes of these symptoms. Uh, the first is that we are zealous for what we think is right. Sort of this elder brother Mentality. If you're familiar with Jesus' parable of, of the two sons and the father in Luke 15, right? the one son leaves, says, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my money. I'm out of here. And the other son stays at home and, and works like a slave for his father. And 
when the first son comes home, uh, the, the accusations of the elder brother about his younger brother, which none of which we know are actually true, um, but he's positioning himself as I'm, I'm the righteous one here. I'm the one who has done everything right and this is unjust. And so there can be this pursuit of justice or right, righteousness, um, which again could be right, but it could be distorted. And it could be that it leads or is flowing from a heart that is judgmental. Just looking at uh, humanity, we are prone to a works righteousness view of salvation and sanctification. And as a result, we lacked a gracious disposition towards others. Um, I, for any parents, I don't know about you, but we, I remember with our eldest, you, you, you give the gospel over and over. It's, it's grace, it's grace, it's not works. And then at some point, uh, you know, tell the gospel back to us. And it's a total works <laughs> uh, salvation. What, what, what are you hearing? And, and that's just, that's, the propensity of the human hearts. Uh, we are prone to works righteousness, both of salvation, but then also sanctification. And, and if that's the case, we can be ungracious uh, towards others. Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, why do you act like the things you have um, weren't given to you, but that you somehow uh, deserved them? God's been gracious to you. And so we need to remember that he's been gracious to us and we want to express that graciousness towards others. Um, third, we equate our opinions with truth. We make preferences, uh, demands. So that's, again, that it's fine to have an opinion, um, but when we demand others, agree with them uh, rather than a, a graciousness towards them to, to differ. Uh, we, we choose the wrong uh, thing to compare ourselves to, right? We judge ourselves against others rather than against the Lord Jesus. Right. You, you or I, we, we can always find someone worse than ourselves uh, to compare ourselves to. Uh, and if we wanted, we could always find someone better uh, to compare ourselves to. But Paul writing to the Corinthians Uh, He lays into them because they are not comparing themselves with Christ. He says when they measure themselves, they do it by comparing themselves with one another. They are without understanding. The Lord Jesus is our benchmark, not ourselves. Uh, And then a final reason that we might fall into judgmentalism, a final uh, sort of cause, is that we are judging appearances Uh, which leads uh, to misunderstanding. I suppose when we judge appearances, what we're doing, we are are making assumptions. You you see something and and you assume you know why it's happened. Maybe the the overused illustration, you see someone run into the street and push someone down. And you think, oh, what a nasty person. Um, You're assuming what they've done, which what you don't see is the car that was coming to hit the person. Um, So we judge appearances, we make assumptions, and that leads to misunderstandings. And it's, and I'll I'll pick back up on this when we we do our final section, but as we go through all of this, and this also links with the asking questions and engaging at the, the last one of the previous signs we might be guilty, 
Um, if I was to sort of camp on any one of these, it would be this one. And there's, there's an aspect where on, on both sides of this, I've experienced the hurt of, I suppose, either causing it or, or receiving it. Where you're assuming certain things about people and so you act in a certain way towards them without engaging with them, uh, which can be very destructive. And if you've ever been in the situation where people have treated you that way, you realize uh, how hurtful and, and painful that can be, that they are choosing to assume things about you without actually engaging with you on them. Now, that may or may not, but that can, that can often be an outworking and an outflow of a heart uh, that is judgmental. Um, so with, with all of this, uh, so I don't want to say this may or may not, right, be, because I think we, we want to examine ourselves, and if we see or notice these things, we certainly want to, before the Lord and maybe before the people involved, uh, pursue that. In asking ourselves, does this is this a way that I have fallen into the sin of judgmentalism? Now, I would encourage you think through yourselves. Are there more things I can add to this? Are there other ways? Uh, because this is certainly not uh, plumbing the depths of all that there is with it. But we want to think positively. I think with any of these. Um, Respectable sins. It's really easy just to, to beat ourselves over the head, how awful we are and how we see this. But we want to think positively, okay, how do we then avoid this or guard against this? And so I want you to have another uh, discussion at your tables that will begin thinking that direction. So just a couple questions. Again, uh, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the very famous passage on love. Uh, but particularly looking at verse 7, you can look at the whole of it if you want, um, sort of 4 to 7. But how does 1 Corinthians thirteen seven help us as we seek to combat judgmentalism in our own hearts? Uh, I'll read verse 7. It says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And depending on your translation, it might say love believes all things or believes the best. But I want us to think, what does that mean? How does, how does that look in my interactions and relationships towards other people? Um, and then how, does, how might that relate to a judgmental heart? And then, uh, as before, can you think of some examples, either positive or negative of this, of, of this um, expression of love that believes all things? Okay, so at your tables, sort of five, six minutes. And then we'll come back and finish looking at how to guard against being judgmental. Um, but I want to think, we want to leave with, with, with hope, right? And not, not just uh, sort of hanging our heads and thinking, oh, we're, we're awful. Um, so how can we guard against being judgmental? What are some ways... Um, and, well, as we think about it, Going back to some of the things I said earlier, just, just about human nature, this is our propensity. I think it just left to ourselves, this is, this is what we will do. Uh, so how can we have and ask the Lord to help us guard against it? Well, first is to remember the gospel, right? Jesus, the true and rightful judge, how does he relate to us? What did he say? He didn't come to judge, but to save uh, the one who perfectly knows our hearts, 
He doesn't need to inquire uh, to understand us. He understands us perfectly, and yet he loves and welcomes and forgives us. Uh, so, so the one who has the, the genuine right to condemn uh, comes and saves rather than condemns. And, and that's where we need to begin uh, if we are to ourselves be guarding against this. Then linked with that, uh, as we thought about earlier from uh, Romans 14, remember Jesus is Lord and you and I don't make the rules. So this isn't to say we're throwing doctrine out and we aren't going to hold firm to, to very clear, obvious biblical convictions. Um, those, like God has said, so it's, it, it's, we aren't being judgmental when we call others to that standard. But in terms of maybe particular applications or areas that are less clear in Scripture that, that are, again, are secondary or there a variety of um, acceptable views, that we aren't the ones demanding others uh, follow our rules. Uh, well, I will go ahead and read through it. The second half, it says, I put walk in faith and love. I suppose the, the first one, remembering the gospel, that's walking in faith, but particularly thinking about walking in love. So Paul has said in verses 1 to 12, right, the Lord is judge, each one stands before his master, not each other. And so his application of this in verse 13 to 23 is this, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather, right, so, so rather than I'm, I'm out to sort of criticize and judge you, rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. So it's, it's this pursuit of not what can I see that's wrong in you, but what can I do to, to help you and to walk in love? Verse 15, if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. So rather than saying in the context here, you weak Christian, we can eat this, just get over it. Paul says that's not walking in love. By what you eat, uh, do you not destroy the one for whom Christ died? So Paul's emphasis and application is, if the reality is the Lord is judge and the Lord is our Lord, Jesus is our Lord, then we are to walk in love towards one another, doing all that we can to prevent anyone from stumbling or falling. And then, well, you can turn to Proverbs 20. Uh, I'll read it. But I said I wanted to, to sort of focus on the assumptions that we make by judging appearances. And, and I just find this a really helpful verse. Proverbs 20, verse 5 says this. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Right? You, you and I know at times when we struggle to even understand our own heart, and then so we want, need the help of one another to just understand ourselves but if I could paraphrase this, he's saying, don't, don't assume the deep water of another person's heart, but with hard work and understanding, seek to, to draw it out. Lower the bucket and, and draw it out. And that's not, that's not an easy or simple thing to do. I think in any, any part of the Christian life, at least what I would like is it just to be a lot easier. Right? Give me one or two tips. And we just get on with it. Uh, but here uh, in Proverbs, we're told, uh, right, the purposes of our hearts are deep. Um, 
And so with time and understanding, the help of God's Spirit, uh, seek to draw it out. Don't assume the motives of the heart. It may be a helpful phrase if we, as we're engaging with people and, and interacting with them is we just say, help me understand. I don't, I don't want to assume that I understand. Help me understand uh, so that I rightly discern uh, your hearts. So I say don't assume motives. If I could flip that based on what we looked at in Corinthians, I would say actually assume the best. Right. suppose when I say assume motives, we're, we're quick to assume bad motives. Where if we see what Paul says about love and, and if we see the life and ministry of Christ as the outworking of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, we are to assume the best of others. Just a, a few other things that I think are helpful as, as we guard against uh, a heart that is judgmental. Learn to disagree well. We don't, we don't have to, if, if, if a person is being attacked in a disagreement, then uh, you're not disagreeing well. And, and it probably means you, you've lost, uh, you don't have a, a leg to stand on either, if that's the only way you can, can deal with that. Um, so learn to disagree well. This doesn't mean we can't disagree with people, uh, but we want to do it well. And then the last two, I think, go together. Be constructively, that's the key word, critical, right? Constructive, you're, you're building up, right? You're constructing something. So be constructively critical. How can I speak into this that helps to build? And as we do that, avoid a critical spirit. Um, and if I can give one example I, I, where I've been challenged in this, um, I've not asked our kids if I can do this, but uh, as a parent, you hear things from your kids and you think, where in the world did they learn to speak like that? Now, not like bad language, more just uh, um, being critical of each other. Uh, and, and there's a sense where you think, oh, is that, is that because that's how I am to them? And, uh, and, but that helps me because I, I feel the, I don't know the right word, the ugliness of that. And so that helps me to then look into my own heart and think, okay, how am I being not constructively critical, but maybe having a critical spirit and being judgmental? And then as we continue to think about building up and edifying, seek to compliment and encourage uh, where you see it rather than seeing things and assuming wrong motives and attacking those. Let's see what is good and seek to compliment and encourage those things. And so plenty for us to uh, take away uh, with us and uh, hopefully will be helpful as we seek to love one another uh, and live in community together. Uh, let me pray for us and then we'll uh, 12 chairs stay in here. We'll take the room down and, and take things through. But let me pray. Father, we confess that our hearts are prone uh, to lift ourselves up and to put others down. And yet you have shown us in your son who came, who is judge of all, that he came to not put us down, but to lift us up, to bring forgiveness and salvation, not to make us better people, but to give us new hearts by his spirit. And so we ask for your help, for your spirit to work in our hearts, that we would love your people, that we would believe the best. Uh, and that we would seek to build one another up uh, as we 
grow together in Christ. So we pray for you to do that work in and amongst us. Uh, For the glory of Christ, we ask in his name. Amen.